Thanks for listening to the Get Over Yourself podcast brought to you by Carol Fit Stationary Bike Program 8-Minute Workouts to Get Super Fit. Perfect Keto, the cleanest, highest potency ketone supplements. MOFO, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Let's get checked at home testing kits. Try LGC.com. Almost Heaven, beautiful compact home use sauna kits. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, the mind-blowing nut butter blend. And check out bradkearns.com slash shop my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance. And here we go with the show. If we could have the ability, if we could expand our imaginations enough where we could say, my legs feel okay, my feet feel okay, my hips don't hurt like crazy, I can move, I can swim, I can jog. I'm so lucky I'm one of the people that can jog. You know how many people can't? You know, if you look at a graph, the stock market and it drops 10% and people say and you say to somebody okay what is that when it does that you show the graph where it's gone down 10% they go that's a, that's, a, that's a correction and then you go nope it's the beginning of a crash and then you show the rest of the graph and then you look back and you go wait a minute why did I call it a correction if an event is going to happen we perceive it in one way and then when we look back and we you know the hindsight thing we perceive it in an entirely different way and more accurate way because now we actually see what the heck things were I have an opportunity to either make you feel good about that book or bad about that book. Everyone has that opportunity. And the, the closer and more respected the people in your life, the more power they have. But everyone, perfect strangers, have this power. Introducing Let's Get Checked. It's a new company that makes comprehensive health, wellness, and peak performance metabolic testing more convenient than ever. You have to check these guys out right now. Go to trylgc.com slash Brad, and you get a beautiful presentation of what they're all about. And what they do is at-home testing kits. That's right. They send you the kit in the mail to get the fluids they need, whether it's pricking your finger, uh, urine, saliva. You just mail it in. Don't even have to go to the blood draw lab. And you get your report in two to five days online with all your results. And they offer all kinds of stuff for health and wellness. You get your male and female sex hormone panels, comprehensive nutrition panels, sexual health and disease screening, everything in the privacy of your own home. You know from listening that I've been a huge fan of going to the blood draw labs and tracking my numbers, especially my testosterone and my other adaptive hormones. Been doing it frequently, and that helps me really track the training and lifestyle patterns that optimize health and speed recovery, and also the stupid stuff that I do over stress, over training patterns that trash my hormone levels, and then I can take corrective action. I love doing it, it's really popular, but it's a little bit of a hassle to go to the labs, make the appointment, wait around. So now you just go to try 
lgc.com slash brad get a 20 percent discount on all their tests and everything happens at home it's fantastic and check this out the results are reviewed by their physicians and if anything concerns you you can schedule a phone consultation with a nurse and have 24 7 access to their staff through your treatment and your resolution oh these guys are revolutionizing modern medicine and self-quantification you're going to love it it's so simple the website presentation is really great Great. So try lgc.com slash Brad. Automatic 20% discount. Or you can use the code Brad if you're on their website. Otherwise, let's get checked, everybody. Luke Shanahan is back. And it's about time, man. We got a lot to talk about. Hello? You hear me? I hear you. <laughs> Luke Shanahan is back. And it's about time. We got a lot to talk about, man. How's it going over there in oh, Florida? Oh, I'll tell you what, it's as crazy here as it is anywhere else, I think. Um, it's First of all, cra- you know, Florida's already a little bit nutty. Um, we've got alligators that wander up into the backyard. Um, but yeah, everyone's spinning out of control as usual. But uh, so far, uh, you know, Kate's been able to usher people through, uh, you know, this COVID stuff. And she's been explaining to me sort of the ins and outs of the science of it and all that. But uh, strange times. So we were thinking, right, you and me, that would be a good time to talk about being in a period of transition and what, you know, you can do to, to, to make the most use of it, to use it as a plot point, to spin you into a better trajectory than you were before. And we're all in this together. And once uh, Kobe Bryant fell out of the sky you know, I think that was a, a message from the universe that, uh, hey, guess what? Let's not forget all things are possible. Crazy things can happen. And, you know, that was just the, the, the overture to this craziness. So I think it's a good time to talk about working on what we can work on as we're, you know, where most of us are locked at, locked <laughs> at home with our partners and with our families. And because of stresses and economic stresses and everything else, possibly at a, at one another's throats more than we we would like to be. So we thought, right, Brad, we thought it'd be a good time to talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I hope no one's at each other's throats and I hope we're, uh, you know, looking on the bright side and trying to, I, I did a little uh, breather show about the positive aspects of the quarantine, the social isolation, because I feel like right. there's some, uh, some things in my life that are uh, improved or going better. And one of them is my mindset where anytime I have the slightest inclination to complain about something, I force myself to jump over to a gratitude position, just like you're instructed to in the books, in the podcasts, and people talking about this, but so much easier said than done. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about that. that in, in, in the God Academy. The, the God Academy, yeah. a momentous occasion here when we reveal the true, the true author of that fabulous book. Uh, but oh, that's right. We're revealing that for the first time ever on this podcast, by the way, because up till now, people have presumed because it says right on the book, it's written by Angelica Crystal Powers. Uh, here's the book. And here's Angelica. Well, guess what, everybody? I am Angelica Crystal Powers. So this has been uh, Luke's top secret bestselling book on Amazon. It's been available for many years. Uh, but now we're going to highlight it and talk about, I, I think the, um, the, the intro you gave there, that nice intro, I think a lot of that's covered in the book. So we can kind of make this a, a personal growth and uh, adjusting to strange times 
podcast okay. session. Uh, and like great. I was saying, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm forcing myself to be grateful for uh, all, all the good things about this. And um, instead of whining and complaining that my, uh, my, my spring break is ruined as the, the Florida partiers <laughs> who, who went viral with that, uh, that video oh. clip where they're, they, you know, they're, they're bent out of shape because some stuff is closed yeah. while they, they came to party. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the hoarding shopping, I'm uh, not participating as of yet. And my dream is that someday I'm going to walk into Costco and be able to grab a set of paper towels because everyone's already hoarded. And then thinking yeah. about like, if no one had hoarded to begin with, Costco's never out of paper towels. They've never in no. history been out of paper towels. So why right. are they out now? It's like, let's, you know, let's keep that community mindset, uh, you know, going so that we're, you know, we're not engaging in this, you know, strange, um, uh, yeah. you know, adverse human behavior. And I have to uh, admit myself, Luke, that at the start of this, when the news reports were coming through, uh, me and Moore and I were on a, a wild vacation where we were going to uh, basketball games in Vegas and magic show and concerts in uh, uh, Nashville with the real estate conference and uh, walking around on Bourbon Street, checking it out with all these partiers. And I had no uh, direct connection to the severity of what was coming, uh, yeah. even though the news reports were hinting at that, because I had this sort of, uh, uh, I guess it was a, a self-absorbed mindset where I figured like, I'm mm. not going to get hit by some virus that's that's taking down old people because I'm too healthy and my lungs are strong. But I failed to make that connection of how my behavior can put others at risk until we all agree to uh, uh, to quarantine on behalf of the people who are most vulnerable. I think Governor Cuomo said yeah. it best in New York. He said, you know, we're shutting the economy down for the most uh, vulnerable 1%. And that's a big deal, but it's your grandma and your mother and my mom and your grandfather, and that's why we're doing it, and it's the right thing to do. And I think that's a good wake-up call for everybody to – to realize that, you know, when it comes to a, a pandemic, it's a good way to uh, show how connected we are and how our behavior affects others. Yeah, it's funny. I, for, for reasons I, uh, you know, talk about like being in the dark, but there's just seemed to be an electricity in the air. I think since, you know, Kobe's, you know, untimely and, and sad death, which, you know, I know hit you as much as it hit me. You, you're a a super fan, you could say. Well, you guys had that personal connection to him, and I, I yeah. can't imagine, um, you know, the, the the level of that tragedy, and it hit me really hard. I mean, uh, it, it's something that you know, with my son going through the basketball years, and he was such a hero and yeah. represented so many things. And um, at the time, the text message came onto my phone. I was talking with Dave Rossi, former podcast guest, and you know, he, he's got his um, book, The Imperative Habit, talking about uh, oh, not sure. taking things for granted and, um, you know, uh, being grateful for the present time and all that. And his comment to me when the news came to us and it, we were driving in a car, he says, well, there's a guy who was almost positive. He had as much financial security as anyone could ever imagine. He was, he was sure. completely <laughs> secure in every way until he yep. wasn't. And he was making that point before the text message came in that security is an illusion, even financial security, relationship security, all these things that we we count on to, to collect our, uh, our 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 assets and our things that we have going for us could be taken away at any time. And so we sure yeah. as heck better appreciate the present. And man, that was a 
that was a, a tough way to get the message uh, with, you know, an, an icon being able to be taken down like that, but time, time yeah. to move on. Just like his wife did such a great job uh, giving that, you know, presentation in public and being so brave and strong. And yep, she's got to go on and raise, raise some little kids. So. And it's, it's, it's an extraordinary thing, but it's absolutely true. There's the, 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 I mean, speaking of gratitude, I was, I've been giving, I think we've all been to some extent, but I tell you, for me personally, I've been going through a massive learning curve over this past couple of months about a lot of stuff. And about a month and a half before any of this started, I just noticed that this book that, well, Angelica Crystal Powers wrote called The God Academy, which I actually wrote. and I, I didn't have a copy. <laughs> and I said, I ought to have, I wonder, you know, it's been a long time since I've opened that book. It's been two years, you know. So uh, I ordered a copy and it showed up and I started leafing through. And then pretty much two days after it arrived, all this nightmare stuff, you know, in terms of the virus and then the economic downturn, and, and you know, which hit us as hard as anybody, just like anybody else, we're all in this together. But, um, you know, I started leafing through and, and Kate said, why don't you just open to a random page? And I just started reading. And every time it was like, where's this book been my whole life? And I, and who, you know, and I thought, Oh, wait a second. I wrote it, you know, but, but it was a good reminder of things like, you know, you brought up gratitude and, and how, you know, the, you said you were walking around a little bit with your, with your, you know, head in the sky about, I'm not going to get this virus. Well, um, the first thoughts I w was getting about the virus were selfish ones. I hope we don't get sick. Uh, gee, I hope, we don't lose, you know, all our money and can't, you know, can never retire and all that. And and thinking about quality of life being reduced for for me and and mine. And instead, you know, my first thought should have been, wow, how, what what's what it must be like to be a restaurant owner right now, or you know, wow, I hope that you know people who are really immune immunocompromised, you know, are going to be okay through this. And then the, and then in terms of finances, it shouldn't have been like, you know, wow, think of all the stuff we're not going to be able to get and all this it should have been hey I, I i i hope that this prompts me to be more influential not less influential because that's that's where the riches are that's where all the riches are wouldn't you agree it's in your ability to influence in a good way and improve everyone else's life that's where the money is and 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 how money plays a role into that whether you have it or you don't you won't know until you're right in the midst of it 10 years from now and, and you look back and go well, i'll be damned you know, the story that I was meant to, to tell, the narrative that God or the universe wanted me to tell, the place that I was supposed to, you know, play is exactly as it should have been. So, you know, I, I, you remember back when we were in uh, in uh, Tulum, Mexico, right? I did a presentation there. You did a bunch of presentations, which all right went really well. And I and back then I had a bruised foot that had really gotten me down. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so about two months after coming out down, down here to Florida, I was, I was going paddle boarding. And as I was stepping onto the board, there was about a, a six foot alligator <laughs> right there. And to avoid it, I, I tried not to step. I didn't want to hurt it. And uh, I stepped on a branch. And now I've got the same injury on my foot again, which is slowly healing. You know, it takes a long time. But what you, you were mentioning about, you know, the tragedy, uh, you know, with Kobe Bryant. But any any tragedy and how it is a necessary component of gratitude. I mean, wouldn't it be great, you know, if, if, we could, if we could have the ability, if we could expand our imaginations enough where we could say, 
my legs feel okay. My feet feel okay. My hips don't hurt like crazy. I can move. I can swim. I can draw. I'm so lucky. I'm one of the people that can jog. You know how many people can't? You know, the, it, it, people who lose the use of their legs, they say, what do you miss? And you expect them to say running through a field. What, what do you think they typically say? I don't know. I was surprised to hear from a number of different people who had, you know, on real sports and other people are interviewed. I always think they're going to, oh, do you miss basketball? Do you miss all this top end stuff? They're very humble about what they miss. They have a whole different gratitude about their legs that they couldn't without the loss of the use of them. They say, I miss going upstairs. Mm. I miss a full body hug. I miss being able to reach this thing from the top shelf. They're not talking about triathlons. They're talking about going up a few stairs and the absolute joy of that. How could you possibly know without having that experience that they've had? How could one, you'd, you'd seem odd to people. If you, if you go up a flight of stairs and you turn to your friend and you go, God, how great was that? They go, what? We went up a flight of stairs. And they go, are you all right? Did you take something? But if you said to them, oh, no, I forgot to mention, I had lost completely use of my legs for five years. So this is a particular, absolute thrill for me. They'd go, oh, gosh, it really must be. That makes sense now. Why do we have to lose the legs first? Why can't we have that? Why can't we have that knowledge, that beautiful gratitude, that deep gratitude, and just carry it around regardless? We have to wait for the tragedy to get it. It seems like for most of us, but that... And I mean, certainly for me, but I'm really practicing this art of not just like I'm, I'm grateful to have this cookbook, but you really got to imagine, you know, what if it just said, what if, what if it got lost or stolen? You really got to put yourself in like, no, it could be gone. Like you said, it's in a, everything, every object, every relationship, any financial security or other kind of security can go by in a flash. And you have to, in order to really fully dive into this deep gratitude thing. I think you gotta you really gotta have the imagination to imagine what it's like if it were gone and then really put yourself there and then replace it back in your life and go, oh lucky me. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this this amazing home-based fitness education for you. 
And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. Yeah, I guess the parents wish the same for uh, teaching the life lessons to their children instead of having everything to be learned the hard way. But it seems yeah. like uh, all humans, uh, you know, operate that way where it has to be completely visceral and, and actually, you know, get taken away and then given back to you for you to you know, have a position of gratitude. It's pretty, um, it's pretty frustrating to realize we're all in that, uh, we're all in that category. I remember during the, um, the dot-com uh, bubble of uh, 99, 2000, remember when the stock prices went crazy and I was actually uh, working right. in Silicon Valley at the time and I made some bad decisions because, you know, why should I sell any stock? It's doubled in the last three months. Of course, it's on right. track to double again. And then uh, when everything crashed, uh, I made a flippant comment to a friend of mine. I said, you know, the next time there's a bubble, I'm not going to be so greedy. I'm going to, you know, sell my stock in a pattern manner like the professionals recommend. And he said, well, the next time there's a bubble, you're not going to know because that's the definition of a bubble. <laughs> it's like, that's right. I mean, who, who am I going to be standing outside the bubble the next time there's a bubble? No, it's going to have to be a, a deeper reflection than that because, uh, you know, it's, it, we're all we're all accountable to participating in the bubble. It's funny because we also we're not wired to understand. You know, if you look at a graph and you see a, a, a stock market and it drops ten percent, and people say, and you say to somebody, "Okay, what is that when it does that?" And they and you, you show the graph where it's gone down ten percent. They go, "That's that's a, that's a correction." And then you go, nope, it's the beginning of a crash. And then you show the rest of the graph. And then you look back and you go, wait a minute, why did I call it a correction? Because we're not wired to see things. When, when, if an event is going to happen, we perceive it in one way. And then when we look back and we, you know, the hindsight thing, we perceive it in an entirely different way and more accurate way because now we actually see what the heck things were. It, it, our, our, our brain and our hearts and our mind tend to judge us. We have a lot of self-judgment about, hey, wait a second, how come we didn't see it before the way I see it now? Well, <laughs> that's the bummer part about being locked in the linearity of time. So give yourself a little bit of a break, right? And everything like this, this is part of people who don't give themselves you know, much of a break for any kind of mistake. We were talking about the car crash you know, and, 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 and how that's an opportunity, like say, 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 you know, your, your partner bangs up the car and I've been on the wrong end of this, um, you know, thinking like, what were, what were you thinking? You know, what the heck? Didn't you notice? Didn't you blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if we remember, and this is this for people who are having financial reversals and really kicking themselves in the pants, here's a little self healing and you can do this back and forth with your partner. And you, one of the things I want to talk to you about today was the power that we have over one another and the power that we have in the world that is completely underestimated. So we have the power when we, if the first 
thing people say, for example, if they lost a bunch of money or if they got sick and they say, I wasn't being very careful. Most folks are actually more concerned about um, not standing up fully for their responsibility for others. I think that's what hits people more than, than anything. Like think about nightmares you've had. Everyone, when you're a kid and we're just egocentric kid, we have nightmares about running away from the bad guy or getting, you know, that, that dream when you're, you're running and you're underwater and you can't get any purchase of your feet on the ground and the bad guy's coming. That's just basic visceral. But when you get older, what kind of nightmares? Like, tell me like a nightmare we'd have, you'd wake up and be disturbed. Oh, like you mentioned that you're, you're going to fall short of your responsibility to uh, your children, your family, your, your, your role in life, your contribution. Exactly. So it's the, it's the classic showing up and not being prepared for the test. It's the classic there. Where's my cat. There's a big wave coming and I can't find my cat. There's the classic, I'm supposed to be doing something and I'm confused and I don't know what that thing is. Most when for most caring thinking adults and most of us are, our, our, our real emotional, you know, plus or negative charge stems from how we feel judged and how we judge ourselves and how others judge us. So that we can give, and if we, once we acknowledge that, that means literally, you know, if, if I banged up my car driving to, to give a talk to a thousand people and Kate's in the car and I get in a little fender bender and I'm expecting, of course, Kate to say, you know, well, that's just great. We can't, we can't afford that. That's yeah. Thanks. I, you know, I was able to have this car nice for three years and then you got a hold of it and now look at it. But if she said, I've always wanted a thing in the car and then I show up and I tell the story to the audience and they love it and they go good for you. And I really believe it. We have the power to say to anybody who is prepared to be shamed or is open to be shamed or to be what I call prided. And we can completely change, reframe anything that happens in life. So if somebody says, look, you're doing your best. You made the smart choices. You know, we, we did everything we, we could to avoid this virus and now we have it. And there it is. And you, and you don't have to lay that shame on the other person. You can actually take it as an opportunity to elevate the experience as being part of the larger narrative story of their life. You know, it's like, hey, we'll see where this takes us. And I've, I've really been practicing that pretty well this month i've had times in my life when i haven't and but i'm glad i ordered this this book because it reminded me we have incredible power about how we make people feel you know like we, we were talking about this book that you're working on doing right this what have you you've brought this up on the podcast the cold, oh, book about cold exposure the benefits of cold exposure and how to do it yeah so let's just use this as an example if I wanted, I have an opportunity to either make you feel good about that book or bad about that book. Everyone has that opportunity. And the closer and more respected the people in your life, the more power they have. But everyone, perfect strangers have this power. So if you were to bring up this, so let's do a little skit here. So you bring up your book and I'll be the, I'm going to shame you if that's okay. I, none of this is real. I'm just for, for display purposes only. Right. We started talking offline. So just to, just to set this up, you said we have, a, we have a chance to either pride or shame people at any occasion, at any juncture throughout the day and throughout life. And um, it, it seems like uh, the, the story you mentioned, we were so, um, we're, we're more inclined to kind of throw the barbs out instead of start from that point of seeing how you can, uh, you know, dispense, uh, you know, 
good energy around. We seem to kind of react really quickly and get into this uh, who done it thing happens in relationships and happens in families among close uh, close uh, uh, people in your life. And um, hopefully we're going to uh, solve that issue and figure out how we can come from a, a, a nicer place. But okay, I'm excited. And I'm telling you, Luke, I'm working on this really awesome book. It's about jumping into the cold water and experiencing the hormonal benefits and the psychological benefits. Oh, so don't they already have stuff about that? I've, I've heard, <laughs> isn't there stuff about that already? I mean, yeah, it's a really competitive marketplace. Uh, and um, I'm not sure mine's good enough. Well, I, I don't know. I think that maybe enough's been said on the subject. I mean, do you, do you, I mean, or I don't know, maybe you're bringing something new into, into the, are you, do you think you're bringing something new into it, I guess, or? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Um, now you got me questioning. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Now let's, let's not go any further down this because I think it's a great idea. Okay. The, the book, I mean, but you get my point. If, if I could, I could just continue to deliver a general negative charge toward you about this project that you're doing. And people, there are people who, just as a general practice, see anything as an opportunity to, th- to well, like say, to throw shade, right? To do a little shaming, to certainly not to be supportive, right? And sometimes they'll say, "Hey, look, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being honest. You know, I'm from, I'm from New York City. I don't BS anybody. I tell it like it is. No, I'm sorry. I don't care what if you're from New York City. If you're spending your time." diminishing the way people feel about themselves and their projects and you know everything else in their life you're taking what could have been a wonderful opportunity to absolutely bolster somebody's you know to 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 throw more testosterone into your bloodstream to throw a little more uh uh uh, um uh sorry what's the um well, yeah. estrogen, if it's the female, testosterone, if it's the male, making someone be the best they can be with, with support is a huge deal. I've had my shows with John Gray, which we've talked about so much. And, yeah, right. um, you know, the, the, the romantic partnership uh, can make or break all kinds of things, your health, happiness, and especially your longevity. It can trash it or it can boost it by seven years. Happily married couples have this huge yeah. boost in longevity. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that you bring up the, you know, the, the, the wise, the wise ass with the, with the quick trigger and, and the, you know, the unfiltered mouth. And I have, uh, I've had certain types of people like that in my life throughout my life. And I've really appreciated those people that are completely blunt and honest and direct, good or bad, because they right. give you that unfiltered scoop and you can process and appreciate it. And you could, you can choose to disagree with them, but there's no, uh, there's no nuance to it. And so, therefore, there's no potential to uh, misinterpret or, or engage in a little uh, sort of a, uh, you know, the, the harmful game of when these things are, are disguised and sugarcoated. And I see that happening a lot where uh, these yeah. innocent comments that if someone did challenge you and say, hey, what do you mean by that? You'd say, oh, I didn't mean to offend you, but you sort of did mean to offend me. And you did yes. it in a cute little way that you couldn't get, uh, you know, it couldn't get pinned on you. But that's yes. where I feel that insidious uh, nature that we we see so frequently where, you know, either speak what you really want to say and say it straight up or, um, you know, seek to, uh, to to pride instead of shame. Yeah. And, and, and that's where that's where instinct comes in. And the you know, I've had those kind of people in my life, too. I have a whole chapter in the in the book here. The God Academy There's a whole chapter called 
the law of the dancing demon. And the idea is that if you do have someone in your life where you perceive, and this is totally instinct, and good luck trying to explain to those people, you go, you know, you kind of spend a lot of time shaming me. And then the next thing you know, you're doing an art. Now you're in a courtroom. Really? No, you're the one who shames me. No, you shame me. And you're like, and, and here's something that's interesting. If you're with an aggressive personality, you know, with a friend or whatever, um, and I don't have, you know, much of that in my life, but I've, I've had it on occasion. You know, everyone knows, you know, when, when you're with someone, you know what I'm talking about, everybody. If you get on the phone with somebody, whether it's you're talking to your mom or someone in your family or, or, or a friend you've had and, and you just don't know what to But here's the key. When it's either a plus sign or a minus sign. So when you're done talking to them, do you feel better about yourself or do you feel worse about yourself? Now, don't you dare. I'm telling you, do not examine it past that point. Your gut's right. If you feel less about yourself, there is a reason. Now, if you try to if you try to bring this up with the person and you enter a contest about, you know, who's at fault and all this kind of craziness about, you know, you make me feel, you know, you don't want to use that language, of course. But one thing I've come to, to realize is that, you know, I've always wondered why um, groupthink produces, you know, committee, right? Thinking by, you see a bad movie and they say, it seems like a movie made by committee, right? Okay, what's wrong with, what is inherently wrong with committees? What, what's, what's the problem here? Here's the problem. If you take a committee and you have people bargaining with one another about ideas, if it's a committee, it, two or more people the person with the strongest will, not the best idea, with the strongest will, will win the day. Now, sometimes that is the person who coincidentally also has a really great idea, maybe even the best idea. But any committee will produce mostly the views of the people with the strongest views, with the strongest personalities, who push the hardest. But that doesn't say anything about the quality of their ideas. It speaks only of their personality. So. If you have someone in your life who's kind of a negative, you know, force in your life as defined by, you don't feel as good about yourself when you're with them, which, man, I'm telling you, this is the bottom line. <laughs> if you have that and you try to contest with them, guess what? You're now in a committee situation and all you're really testing is a battle of wills. It's like taking two beta fish and throwing them into a tank and saying, which one's going to be alive next week? Next week, there will be one fish, not two. One will eat the other. Do you think it's the one with the better ideas, or it's the one with the stronger will, the more aggressive personality, the biggest fish, you know, in terms of, you know, ego and, and, and just uh, the stridency of their, of their attack? It's just going to be the fish that has a stronger will. That's what committee thinking is. It's throwing eight fish, eight ideas into a tank, and the one that emerges is the one that fights the hardest, not the best. So with those people, that what I say in the, in the chapter, though, when you have people like that in your life, if they've been in your life for a while, it's almost certainly a time, they're, if they're there and you're like, God, why can't I get rid of this toxic person in my life, this toxic friendship or whatever? A lot of times, it's there's something, they're there to teach you something. And a lot of times, it's if you find yourself saying to them, well, here's the deal, I will not be spoken to in that tone. Or I don't like it when you continually degrade every time I say I have a project. I'm just, I'm not hearing a lot of, you know, way to go. You know, um, a lot of times it's just to teach, to remind you about, you know, the uh, primacy of protecting your own self-respect. So even those kinds of people in your life have something to teach you. 
And then once you've really learned it, you're not angry at them anymore. You can just move along. You'll be angry at the person in your life that you think is toxic right up to the moment that you learn, that you they take from their hands the gift that they've been there to give you. You know what I'm saying? That's when you're not angry anymore, it means you've learned the lesson they came to teach you. If and you're still angry, you haven't learned it yet. You're, uh, at some point, you're hoping not to repeat the pattern and not to have these minuses. I like that simplification of saying plus or minus when you're talking about the, the people and the things that you, people you associate with and the things that you do. And you come home yeah. and you, you give yourself a plus or minus score. And if you got a bunch of minuses in your notebook, um, at a certain point, you're going to, I think what you're trying to say is, uh, why do I keep uh, putting the minus in my notebook? And maybe there's a reason in this time in your life and this journey that you're on, you have to learn these lessons. But boy, that's a tough way to go. Just like we talked about earlier. Um, why can't we learn from, uh, you know, a concept instead of having to, to having to wade through it and learn the hard lessons ourselves. If you're writing right. too many minuses in your book, you got to change the dynamic of these relationships or, or move on in many cases. And we tend to over you know, we, we tend to think that we have so much control that if we examine it enough, we can tinker, we can take a screwdriver and turn a screw about an, you know, an eighth of a turn and recalibrate the relationship such that it's not hurtful to us anymore. But the bottom line is if it's minus sign, minus sign, minus sign. And, and this is so, you know, Think about this. Think of it in terms of cinema, right? In a movie, what defines a scene or, or a sequence? Like what, what makes a movie, what makes a movie grab us and keep us, you know, the, the roller coaster ride? What makes it fun? Well, the characters, the characters have to are the plot. Yeah, right. The, the, the characters have to evolve over time. They have to face uh, challenges and then overcome them. And that's kind of uh, what we relate to in a good movie. So if the, so, let's 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 talk about a challenge in a movie, right? So, so let's say uh, the challenge is that a detective needs to find some clue, any clue, to give him a lead to who the murderer is, right? So he's frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. But then, what does the writer give you after that? Uh, a breakthrough. And some hope and some inspiration, yeah. Okay, that's a plus sign. Now, plus sign is, oh, good news. There's a clue. Great, great. Then what, is, what does the writer give you? Uh, conflict, dramatic conflict has to Negative have that. Sign. Right. Negative sign. Things are going good. Things are going bad. Things are going, I mean, look at, look at any of these, you know, super popular TV shows, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, uh, Silicon Valley, Entourage, you know, uh, any of them, what you'll see is a pattern of being just reversal, reversal, reversal. Things are going great. Now things are going bad. Things are going great. Now things are going bad. So those reversals that spin you into a negative or a positive charge are the stuff of life. Stories mimic the way life works, right? So you take those reversal, reversals around, you don't have a story anymore. So if you think of yourself as being, you know, the, the main character of your own narrative, when we have these crazy things happening, you know, if you think of it just in terms of wanting to be in a, a state of constant gain, constant security, constant advancement, constant social and economic advancement, for example, okay, could make for a pretty comfortable life. Doesn't make for a very good story. That's oh, a boring mercy. story. Now you're so kind of you freaking, life, yeah. So, 
you know, if it's a story, you got to decide. Do you want it to be an interesting story or the one where someone was born and everything went fine and then they died? Yeah, you're kind of Take freaking me out, man. We're kind of because we're we're compelled to live our lives like a movie and bring this drama and bring these setbacks into position so that we can have something to fight against and, and, and maintain our own interest, I guess. And that's a little disturbing because that means that we're inviting uh, relationship drama, relationship conflict. Uh, we're, we're self-sabotaging so that we can have a setback to, uh, to, to battle against and, and feel whole again. And it, when, it, when it comes to real life, um, I, I, I don't know, I'd probably vote. I'd raise my hand and say, yeah, I'd, I'd like less drama, uh, fewer setbacks <laughs> and more sure. prosperity and, and good times and happiness. And I don't really uh, want to learn from all these struggles, but we seem to, <laughs> if we, you know, it's a reasonable to, thing to say, doesn't it? Yeah. But I mean, we, I mean, if we all were really honest and admit this, um, we've all done this and, and that includes, um, uh, you know, picking a, uh, a petty conflict at the end of a long, uh, a great uh, family vacation or whatnot, you know, people just get, get off kilter a little bit and, um, you know, try, try to get that uh, electrical charge going rather than, uh, you know, peace and tranquility at all the time. Well, it's, it's unfortunate. There, there are many, many people who sense that they want their, their, their life story to be more dramatic that they are when when you everyone's known somebody a whirlwind kind of person and i come from you know poor you know very poor uh, very difficult upbringing clinton iowa and i know looking around there are people who create drama for drama's sake and we think that they're doing it because often they're maybe they're narcissistic and they want all you know attention to be put on them or maybe they're just lost but a lot of times it's they feel there's no plot point in my life Every day is the same as the last. Do you remember the movie Groundhog Day? Yes. How would, how would you describe that plot? <laughs> the guy's stuck in a repeating pattern uh, due to um, uh, whatever magical forces with the, uh, uh, the groundhog in the town. And so he wakes up every day and he's the only one that realizes he's in the pattern. Everyone else is uh, just living, living the, same, the same life every single day. Right. So he's stuck in this pattern of living the same life every day, yes? Yeah. Okay. What if I was to pro propose to you that it's exactly the opposite and that's why it's a great movie? See, the way people mostly feel in their daily lives is most unhappy people <laughs> is they say every day is like the day before. There's no plot point. They hate it when they hear, hey, it's like life. You get out of it what you put into it. And they go, not me, not me. It's the same day all the time. Groundhog Day is the kind of life we want to have. We're, he, he, it's the opposite. He's, he, before he entered that Pizzicani town or whatever it was called, um, before that, he was just a run-of-the-mill average weather, weathercaster hitting, you know, in a cad, hitting on every woman around him. Kind of a jerk. Every day for him was the same. So he was on he was on rails, man. Once he entered that town, every day he woke up. Once he realized, oh, I'm in, stuck in a pattern here. Every day he learned something new. Every day he made a slight change. He made a slight advancement toward his goal, which was not self-preservation. It was not money. It was get the girl. 
That's all he cared about. And every day was slightly different, slightly better. He worked at it. He took piano lessons and became an expert pianist, right? He became a medical expert. He learned about everybody in the town. He learned French poetry, for God's sakes. This is a man who's every day changing, which means every day that he woke up was a new day. Yeah, it was the same song every day, right? I got you, babe. But everything else advanced. And that's how life should feel. It should feel like Groundhog Day. And, and when people don't when... have that, they look for plot points. <laughs> oh, every... You, you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what, yeah. For him, every day was, for him, every day felt like a plot point. So he was happy. He had a goal and every day spun him into a slightly different trajectory. So every day was different than the one that, that, that followed. So that, that, that's why it's a brilliant movie, by the way. Because what you said is exactly correct. That is the plot. Guy wakes up the same day every, day every day. The reason it's beautiful is that inside that framework, it's actually secretly exactly the opposite. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function. And maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for her. As with the male Gaines Wave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gaines Wave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits... You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhanced pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. And so when we have these kinds of reversals like a lot of us are having right now, okay, baby, that's a plot point. Mm. That counts. Now, if you, you know, if, if people were not financially hurt, if they don't have people who are sick, if their job is not affected, if you're a restaurant, it, or, I shouldn't say, I'm sorry, if you're, if you're in a business where this is just something you're kind of watching from a safe remove, okay, lucky you, but you don't get the plot point. You don't get a chance to spin your life into a different trajectory. There's a line out of Bill Merwin, William S. Merwin, possibly our greatest living American poet in the past 50 years, and the line is this, you that lose nothing, know nothing. There's no, and like we said before, you can't know the miracle Remember Shakespeare, where he says, you know, what, what a piece of work is a man. And he's looking at the absolute miracle of the human hand. You know? Anyone seen the dawn wall? You want to know somebody knows how miraculous a hand is? Talk to that guy with, who, who cut his finger off. For him, 
he realized, oh my God, every single, every single, single finger on your hand is its own independent miracle. And that's why he grieved it. But what did he do? The next order of business for him to say, God, my whole body's a miracle. And he had a whole new drive, a whole new appreciation to go take that wall. And he did. But you can't know what a miracle your hand is just by shaking it around and feeling all the, you know, the thousands of little intricate structures inside. You get in a motorcycle accident and, and rip your transverse metacarpal ligament and you can't use your hand for two years. You go, my God, what a thing this thing is. <laughs> but you need that reversal in order to take that knowledge in and really own it. And so any reversal that you feel, think of it as a plot point in the narrative. It's going to be, it, it might, you've got tough times, but it's a better, your life is a better show. It's a more interesting narrative now. Or I guess, like you were talking about earlier, even the idea of a reversal or to, you know, consider uh, the idea of, of, of not being able to use your legs maybe you'll have uh, a different appreciation for ascending the staircase rather than walking around, taking everything for granted. Um, Bruce Lipton's book, Biology of Belief, he says we're 95% right. of the time operating from flawed subconscious programming. So we're living our lives just yes. in sort of a uh, robotic mode where we're not yes. conscious and uh, therefore you know, less capable of appreciating the moment and the experience and, and not judging and, uh, you know, get, getting out of that uh, FOMO mindset, fear of missing out, all right. those kind of things that we're most of the time engaged in. Uh, the, the brain science shows that 96% um, uh, of our thoughts are identical to yesterday's. And 80% of those thoughts are negative. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, we're waking up and guess who's helping us along this journey is the, the media and the distortion of reality that's, uh, you know, do designed to elicit our fears and anxieties because that's what sells and that's what the machine wants. And so, you know, we're waking up every day looking at a new, um, you know, life-changing headline with news about the, uh, the outbreak and, and all these kind of things. And we're going into negative mindset and we're repeating the same thoughts and same patterns. So I guess the, we've, you've kind of um, covered a lot of the content of the God Academy, but uh, if you want to dip in to kind of frame it, uh, whatever we haven't covered. And also tell me kind of the, the opening premise of writing this book, which was sort of a parody and it was written by a different author and it was making fun of kind of, uh, what, what we see in that realm, uh, but kind of set the set the tone a little bit for that. Sure. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking. I, I hope people have you know. Here's the book, God Academy, and um, well, it, it kind of happened like this. I was teaching uh, at the uh, University of Hawaii uh, in Kauai, um, uh, pre tenure track. Um, great job. Great kids. The first I'd open up the class. A lot of the kids. Their English would not be, you know, the best by, you know, by mainland English standards, but they, they spoke English, but they also spoke pidgin. That's two languages. So I'd start the class and saying, you know, our first lesson is going to be a lesson for me. I need an assignment that you need me to write in pidgin. And they'd give me an assignment. And they said, well, you're going to, oh, you have to write one pet, one peppa professor you know, I'm like yeah you're gonna and then I I do my best I do my homework 
go in the next day, sit on the floor, which was deliberate, and have them correct me and mock me for how awful my pigeon was, all the errors I was making. So it was those kinds of things that got me a reputation as a different kind of teacher. And over time, um, faculty and students and all this, I kind of got a reputation as somebody people could just go talk to. You know, if they're, and a lot of kids are going through some really rough stuff. You know, they're, they're kids with, you know, they've just been re- recently diagnosed with, you know, HIV and other ones who are getting beat up at home. Others are, are working six jobs and haven't slept and they're, you know, to take speed to stay awake and all kinds of interpersonal stuff. And teachers would come with students who were having troubles and ask me for advice sometimes. And I got better at it. And I found, I was teaching simultaneously a lot of like, comparative mythology, you know, and English literature. And uh, there was a lot of lessons in there. Of course, I would naturally just draw from those in order to try to help people out. So over the years, I just, you know, got into this mode. I didn't charge anybody anything. I just became this kind of go-to source. And I really enjoyed it. I like being helpful. And so later, Kate and I moved to New Hampshire. And I said, I should kind of take some of these lessons and put them in a book. But uh, like you said, it was a little bit of a kick in the pants to the, the secret specifically because I'd read that and it, you know, everyone in California and Hawaii was, you got to read the secret. And I said, you know, I actually, I actually believe in this attraction concept. I mean, I, I don't know where you come down on that, Brad, but I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm a believer. I'm saying it to the whole world. Uh, tell us the premise of the secret. This was a best-selling book. Yes. So the, the, the central idea, the core concept is that, they don't put it this way, but I put it this way, is that every thought you have is, in fact, a prayer. There's no such thing as a thought. It's a prayer. And out it goes. And different people have maybe, you know, are, are, are on a different scale of how true this is for them. But for me, the thoughts I have do come true. Sometimes when I don't want them to. <laughs> but as a scientist, you know, um, I can't ignore the evidence that's right in front of me. And this has been the case my whole life. And I've had to try, and I've tried to train, this is part of the book, the God Academy, I talk about the benefits of lucid dreaming. A lucid dream, as you know, is one of those, is a dream where you wake up inside the dream in the sense that you can go, oh, I'm dreaming. This is a dream. And then you can start to control the dream. Oh, I think I'll try flying. I'll, I'll think I'll go, I'll do this. I'll reset the stage. Now I'm in the Taj Mahal. It's my mind. And, and that experience of a lucid dream reminds you that, you know, as they say, life is but a dream. It's true. I and mean, it's not a truth that you can prove on a blackboard, but it's a truth that a lot of people have in a, in a moment of, of epiphany. And once you get that, you're stuck with it, man. You can't get rid of it. It's a, it's a thorn in your soul, but a good one, because it's always prodding you, reminding you, hold it. Don't get too angry at this. Don't get too attached to that. This thing's a dream. Not a put on it. It's as real as anything gets, but it's a dream. Uh, my personal belief is that, is that you know, I, 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 I said in the God Academy, you know, many times in the, in the final chapter, I said, look, realize you are God. And I try to define what that means. You are God. And when I say that, the idea is that if you believe that there is a, a, some sort of God consciousness, and I don't mean some underlying matrix that, you know, used us as a, as a, as consciousness, as a probe to understand the universe. No, if you go a step further than that and go so far as to, to say that God has a consciousness 
then it became, becomes evident then that the entire universe, including us, are an attempt for God to better understand every aspect of his own spiritual landscape. It means we are all probes, like, like tendrils of a plant reaching out to taste all the minerals of the dirt within a, within a hundred miles. Because to do that is for God to better understand himself. And if you feel like if you get this epiphany, which could people could say, I don't buy it. <laughs> I never had the epiphany. It sounds like a lot of BS to me. I dig. But if you've had one of those moments, a lot of religious people have, a lot of non-religious people have, you know, so-called spiritualist people. Just, just regular people go, oh, I get it. But there's even a philosopher that suggests that, you know, there's a, there's a very high likelihood mathematically that we're all figments of a very extensive software program. You've probably heard that. But the idea being that if you do believe, if you believe that there's, you know, more to this, to, to, to our philosophy, that more to the world than is dreamt of in our philosophy, then this idea of attraction suggests that thoughts are things I think of them as prayers and that they can, in fact, if they're powerful, bring about those events. Now, begs the question, what if two people have a very, very strong thought and they're attracting incompatible realities, right? And that's a simple scientific question. That's a reasonable retort. I would say the answer to that is that the life we're living right now, the thing that connects us all together is that we are all in the midst of a collision of provisional realities, each of which being each reality being spontaneously created by each of us and living in court in, in a kind of concordat agreement with one another. But they're always like a super collider. They're always banging into each other, setting each other's trajectories in different directions. This mass collision of provisional realities that we're all dreaming up with our thoughts is what we call the daily life. And within that context, within that context, you realize if you start to notice it, that yes, we do bring about realities. So that's one of the, the main concepts of my book as well. The difference, one of the key differences between my book, God Academy and, and The Secret is that I don't think that thinking about cars and big houses and making as much money as possible is the end game. And I think there's a much, much bigger picture afoot and, it, and, you, and you really miss the boat if you don't see that. So I see this as sort of, that's why I call it a masterclass. It's, it's okay, if you, ha if you had the, the, you know, the grade school version of this concept, step up and get your PhD. So what's the, I mean, most people are familiar with this law of attraction and manifesting wealth has become a popular concept, yeah. popular topic. Um, I think there's a lot of misinterpretation going on. And Luke Story, one of my podcast guests, Lifestyleist podcast hosts, he, um, he explained it really well where he said, if you're not living in a position of gratitude right now, uh, you're right. cut off from these amazing, powerful forces where you can attract the man of your dreams. And he's got a trim beard and he's 6'1", and he drives uh, this kind of car. Uh, all these right. things that people claim are so powerful and so true and work for them as they live in their house on top of the hill. And you do a good job making fun of that, all that nonsense in the book. Right. Uh, but, you know, the, the, uh, the powers of manifestation, um, I'm, I'm starting to pay more attention to them. And I appreciate the oh, concept really? very, very much so. Uh, but yeah. 
you know, the way Luke uh, prefaced it was great because he said, right. if you're not in that position of gratitude right now and grateful for what you have and who you are and where you are, then you're cut off from these, these forces and powers. And if you're thinking that manifesting something and bringing it in is then going to make you happy, content and, and, and balanced and all that, um, you're completely missing the point. So that was a good, a good setup for the people that scoff at first, at first notion that uh, you manifested this this car because uh, you know yeah. you you dreamed about it. Um, and I think absolutely. you're you're still on that on that same wavelength too, where you're kind of absolutely uh, ridiculing the the misinterpretation of these concepts and going deeper. Absolutely, and most definitions that you'll find in a book like The Secret, I find those definitions so narrow as to be as destructive as sunlight through a, a magnifying glass, you know, aimed at some, you know, at, at a, at a balsa wood house, it's going it, to, it's a nice entry point idea, but it sets the larger point of flame. It loses the plot. Give me an example. You know, when people think about people need a, a smaller ego, right? You have a big ego, you have a small ego, forget size of ego, nature of ego. There's not the first chapter in the book law of ego talks about, expanding your ego to encompass all things. And there's a word for that, by the way, how the fact that you are not just you, you are everything that you touch and influence, it's called influence. And that's the actual you. The physical body that goes around influencing thing, that's the probe. That's just the, the vehicle that you use to walk around and influence. It's the mushroom that pops out that you can see above the ground. But the entire giant plant, this mass organism that's a shape that, that's in the shape of a ring. It can be a mile wide. That's the real you. So the real us is influence. So I bring that up because when he talked about being in a state of gratitude, I also have a chapter about this and called law of infinite return. The idea is to be in a state of gratitude must extend beyond even I'm great to have my car. I'm happy to have my car. I'm happy to have my relationship. I'm happy to this and this and this. Let me just real quickly tell me what, tell you what I mean by that. If right now, Brad, you went outside, jumped in your car, drove across town, bought some beef jerky and came back just on a whim, right? You were like, I don't know why I did that. It was out of nowhere, right? The other day, Kate, it was a great moment. I'm, I'm not spontaneous enough and Kate's trying to teach me about this, but I said, let's just go get sushi just because I want to. And she was great. She goes, okay. And we went and I go, wow, this feels weird. You know, this... But if you were to do that, do something totally spontaneous, if you were to take a quarter and go outside and put it on the sidewalk, it has absolutely, and this isn't, this isn't a spiritual reality only, this is a mathematical truism. It's written about in chaos theory, uh, the whole butterfly causing a, you know, a hurricane. Every little thing that you do has a massive impact necessarily about the state of the entire world a year from now. Do you know what I mean? Every single action you take and everything that happens to you, will the consequences of that will ripple out until the state of the entire planet will be measurably different. Who's going to be president could have changed because you went and got beef jerky. This is a mathematical truism because you go there, that affects the guy who's selling the beef jerky. He goes home, he, goes, he walks into his house three minutes later than he would have otherwise because he closed up the shop a little bit later because this and that, which caused his wife to da-da-da. And so on. The ramifications of all our choices are infinitely powerful. And the only time that the influence stops is when the influence is saturated on the whole world. But even then, that influence continues year after year after year after year. The longer period of time, you can, you can imagine it as kind of a, 
a cone of influence. Your choice to get the beef jerky will have a given amount of influence by tomorrow. Not much, but some. By the end of the week, far greater. By the end of the month, year, five years. The cone of influence. So what that means is if we're grateful, imagine this. You hear about an airplane crash. 300 people die. Massive, horrible, terrible. Imagine that you got to know one of the people who died very, very, very well, and you know that they're a wonderful person, right? They do a, a kitty cat rescue, and not the Tiger King kind, you know, <laughs> a nice person. And you heard they died. And, 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 and the mathematical gods come to you. God himself says, well, I'll tell you what. Remember how you had a poker game last year, and you won 500 bucks? Remember how happy you were? And you go, yeah, that was great. I, I never win. That was a great day. Yeah, I just, it was like I couldn't lose. And he goes, okay. But I tell you what, um, because of the nature of, of the cone of influence, the cone of consequence, if you were to lose 100 bucks that night, that plane won't crash. And you go, what? How, how, wait, what? If we buy the idea, the, the, the chaos concept, that a butterfly can cause a hurricane, it's a much, much less uh, wild and novel concept to see that, that something as big as winning 500 bucks can influence whether an airplane winds up hitting something on the airstrip or runs into some geese, right? Like the, like the, the, the plane that landed in the, in the Hudson. Imagine. So what does that mean? That means to be grateful for what we have in the here and now is still a little bit narrow. That's about stuff. We have no idea. You know, if you say you're grateful for your car and then you get in a car crash, you can't be too grateful or ungrateful about the car even because you have to con consider this. I don't know if this is going to save 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 lives in a year or if it won't. I'll never know. That's just the nature of life. But what I do know is me being in a small car crash, thank thankfully nobody got hurt, but that is going to have massive influence down the road. And it might have influence that will wind up touching people who you would have chosen looking backward. If you knew everything, if you had the omniscient mind, you might go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm cool with the car crash. Leave that in the story because that wound up being a good thing for all these people that didn't happen to be me, but for other people down the road. That's heavy, man. It's, it's tough to get your head around it. But if you can live your life in that manner, thinking that your impact is massive and has this massive ripple effect, it's possibly a very good way to go and to be more thoughtful and deliberate and more kind and try to pride instead of shame and all those things. Right. When, like you said, it, and it, and it totally undermines the idea that, that security is real, that our control is real, that things are real. In the, if you really have an empathetic, loving, godlike heart that says, you know, I'm pretty cool with lo losing a card game. I mean, imagine uh, 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 Seth, uh, oh, sorry, what's his name that does all the voices as a family guy and all that? Seemingly a wonderful guy. He does a great Kirk McFarland. Yeah. Thank you. Seth McFarland. Okay. You might know the story. He just barely missed that one of the flights that, that flew in, into, the, into the buildings. He just missed that flight by a hair for half an hour. But, you know, it was pretty close. And I didn't know that story. 
and you think, huh, what if you were playing poker with Seth the week before and you won? And you go, ha ha, Seth, I got 500 bucks off you. See you next time. And you're all happy with yourself. It's so fantastic. Or, and you're, say you lose and you're all down and you feel shame because you're not a very good card player and you have to go home and tell your partner, oh, not a good night. You can't know if that was a good thing until a week later where Seth goes, it's funny because after I, you know, let's say that you took his 500 bucks and he goes, I was kind of upset because I like to think of myself as a good card player. And I stayed up till two in the morning, just feeling like a, like a total boob. And I've been sleeping and I've been, and that kind of set me for the whole week. I've been sleeping too late. And then I, and then on the day for the flight, I woke up a little bit late, missed the flight. And you go, Oh, so that's the influence of a card game in the period of one week. So that means everything that happens to us, we have no idea. Know this, you know, if you, if you take a quarter, put place it in the center of a sidewalk, you just changed the world. And I mean the world. And I don't mean metaphorically. I mean, for real, you haven't changed that in that hour. If someone comes and sees it and picks it up. Okay. That's the entry point to how you're beginning to change the world, which means just because we're blind to it doesn't mean it's not happening. And if that's true, that means if that that's, and here's where faith comes in. If seeming reversals in your life feel horrible, you have to go, you know what? I have no idea what the consequences of this is. I know it's not very good for me right now, but I just changed earth, man. The whole thing for every living human being and every animal. I've changed earth. How long will that take to have happened? A year or so, maybe less. Wow. That have changed the world. That's, a that's really, how powerful um, we are. Yeah. that's. A, I think that's a nice conclusion here, Luke, because we're uh, existing in this time where uh, it's, you know, your, your statement is validated by uh, our actions to shut down this uh, pandemic and every little thing we do and every person we touch. So if you're selfishly going off to get some beef jerky uh, or, you know, traveling on a jet, I don't know who's still flying places now. Might be some <laughs> right. really important business people that are getting right. on an airplane uh, exposing the flight attendant to everyone they've exposed themselves to and so yeah. on, this ripple effect. So what a great time to converse about the um, the powers. And we can learn more in the fabulous book with the unveiled author, uh, Angelica Crystal Powers. It's called The God Academy, a master class in the power of attraction. And where do we go find out about this on Amazon or anywhere books yeah, are sold? Available available on Amazon. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, this pandemic is a perfect example. You know, somebody might have felt really, really good that they sold the, that there was some meat that was left out a little longer than it should have been, or however this thing started in that province in China. And he, and he no doubt felt really good that he got to sell that meat that maybe wasn't so great. And you go, oh, okay, well, uh, enjoy your, you know, $2. But just so you know, that's going to have a little <laughs> bit of an effect. Like oh mercy more than a two dollar sale and i think you know so we so we see like that's a i, I want to just focus on that for one last second because that's a perfect you brought up the perfect example in the way that that small outbreak from what seems to be you know the mishandling of this of these of these not very pleasant um you know wild animal markets that have live and dead animals in the whole thing right 
which is, you know, kind of a metaphor for sin in a way. It's not, it's, it's unwholesome. You see a place like that and you go, we're not doing something, something's wrong here. It's like going to, to, to a, to a, one of those massive, you know, uh, hog killing facilities. You say, okay, well, if there's hell on earth here, here it is, you know, but we see how a tiny, tiny act and you say to that person in, at, at that marketplace, just a, a humble, you know, person just selling their, their meat. And you go, Hey, just so you know, your actions have really big consequences, like bigger than you think. And they go, really? And you go, give it a few months, give it six months. You'll be surprised how powerful you are. You can change the world. The good news is we can do the same thing for the better. But it definitely means that examining any single event that happens in your life in that tiny little context, as opposed to being part of the lar larger tapestry of the narrative that we're all engaged in, is myopic and ridiculous. So keep changing the world and don't judge yourself too much because you don't know what the consequences of your actions are. Move in faith, move with love, do your best, and that's it. Luke Shanahan, love it. Thank you for joining us. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Thanks. It's Keep always it great to talk. We'll, we'll check back in, in another. <laughs> we'll check back in in a year and, and discover the ripple effect of, of this this year <laughs> podcast. Hey, that's no joke, man. We'll see. You know, buy the book, people. Have have me on again, and um, you know, I promise you, I'm coming from a good place, and uh, I have no intention. It's one. It's another thing I learned this month. I have no intention of ever getting rich. But I do want to be influential. I want to do good. I want to make some noise. And that's, that's, a, that's a happy place to be. Da, 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 da. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.